So the king is in the field. But how do I know he likes me? Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversations for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Here's our host, Menachem Poznanski. Consciously family, welcome back. It's great to be back in the saddle. It's been a few weeks since I jumped in with this and um, a lot of awesome things going on. Thank God, trying to get things going with the light revealed, with Joey, uh, but also things going on with the living room and for my personal life, as maybe you'll hear about, my daughter Zoe got engaged, which is wonderful. And uh, just a lot going on. And then just like the regular Meneas, the blockages that come, when you try to do what are hopefully good things. But we're back, and I'm really grateful to be here. I want to welcome you to the Consciously Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you could do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and give us five stars and a review wherever you take your podcasts. You can also check us out on social media, at The Light Revealed, and on Instagram, and also uh, at Menachem Puzz, and also on the Facebook. Also, check out our books, Consciously Six Steps to Living Vibrantly with Our Creator, and Stepping Out of the Abyss of Jewish Guide to the Twelve Steps, taking further steps on my next book, Thank God, which is back at Mosaica, final version. Joey wrote another forward, really, really exciting. Please got a few more months. It'll be out. I'll keep you guys posted. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, you can reach us. Um, by private messaging us at The Light Revealed on Facebook or Instagram, mostly Instagram. I don't think we check the Facebook messages so much. Uh, or you can just uh, email us at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org. Okay, so I want to jump into L. I I want to jump into relationships. Obviously, uh, it's a topic that's very present in my thinking and in my consciousness uh, watching Zoe go through my daughter, who's been on the podcast. You can look back at it, some old episodes. Great, wonderful person, really remarkable. I'm very grateful. Um, and she's engaged to a wonderful guy who I'm hoping to have on the show, Mr. Jack Katz, really great guy. Just kind of, I guess, bring some of that uh, experience into the podcast. So I'm thinking about relationships, but then, you know, El hits. And as everyone knows, as Chazal, the rabbis teach, El, Aleph Lamed, Vav Lamed, Stands for the is a is a reference to symbolically the the passage Anila Dodi Vidodi Li I into my beloved and my beloved is to me and it really references the fact that Elul is about relationships it's about our relationship with God it's the steps that we take as we close out the end of the year uh, to take a step toward God to repair that relationship to take the chance before we head long into the new year to uh, take some reflection and uh, reestablish our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with God, and of course our relationship with others, which is the triad of our personal universe. So Anila Dodi gets me thinking in Elul, and that brings me back to, of course, the metaphor, the famous metaphor of the Alter Rebbe of Chabad, the king in the field, uh, which we'll talk about today, and then also obviously Torah of the Kutimaran, which is always present in my consciousness. Rabbi Nachman talks explicitly about this, and the nature of our interpersonal relationships. So I want to do a little bit of a series, after all that introduction, enough hakdamos, about, um, about relationships. You know, I've started 
kind of continuing in some degree of the series of the Make Marriage Great Again series, which I, I started a long time ago, but also kind of framing it into our relationship with God and how that reflects onto our relationship with our spouses, better halves, or, or even just our friends, our parents, our children, you know, all the different wonderful teachers, students, mashpiim, um, those that we have the opportunity to be a hashpan, our sponsors, our sponsees, all the different, our fellows, all the different people that we have the opportunity to be in a relationship with. So that's what I'm going to focus on. And what I wanted to start with today, and I'm kind of speaking a little bit more off the cuff than I usually do, so we'll see how this goes. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about the way in which a relationship or the foundation stone of a relationship is the realization that the relationship itself, good or bad, has a value. And the understanding of that concept kind of comes really powerfully through in the metaphor, the famous metaphor and parable of the king in the field, Hamelech Basada, of the Alter Rebbe of Chabad. So what happens is the Alter Rebbe wants to explain to the Chassidim, in, a, in a, what is a very famous mimer, he wants to explain to the Chassidim what El means, particularly at least through the lens of Chassidus, I assume. And what he talks about, in order to explain that, he he utilizes a metaphor, a frame of reference. And what we'll talk about today also is that the, the Rebbe, the, the Rebbe, the Lubavitch Rebbe, spent a lot of time really like delving into the metaphor, not just into the, the overall frame of the metaphor, but the entirety of each component and aspect of the metaphor and how each revealed a whole universe, each nuance of the metaphor and the parable revealed a whole universe of awareness about our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, and our relationship with others. So what the Alter Rebbe explains that El is like the time when the king's in the field, and the implication is that the king is traveling to his capital city. And we've talked about the, the king in the field in past episodes. You can look back to last year. Maybe I'll reference it in the episode description. The king is on his way to the capital city, to the, to, to the palace, to go into the palace, into his inner chamber, into the inner inner chambers, where there he will only be accessible by his most beloveds and by his highest ministers. Yet, as he travels through the countryside on his way to the, to the, to the capital city, he travels through the field. And in the field, there's a different access point. And the, the implication of the metaphor is that we're talking about a king who's beloved by his people and one that loves his, and respects his people. So as he travels through the fields, through the countryside of his country, all the way into the capital city and into the palace and into the inner chambers, he meets and greets all of his subjects. And this king, in the implication of the parable, because he's so enamored by his countrymen, and because they are so enamored with him, he, he doesn't travel in a, in a carriage, you know, away from the people. He doesn't have secret servicemen surrounding his, uh, his carriage to make sure that no one can come close. But instead, he, he walks through the field, and as he passes through different towns and hamlets, all the people come out, and they surround him, and they greet him, and they form a, a line that he can walk through, and he shakes their hands and gives them hugs. And specifically what the Alter Rebbe says is that he greets them all warmly, and he shows them a joyous countenance. He, he has a maraponim seichkais. He's like, he's overwhelmed with happiness and joy to see them. He truly loves them. 
He loves to see them. And, uh, and this is how the king enters into the inner palace and then into the inner chamber. And the Alter Rebbe explains that the inner chambers refers to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and that in those spaces, in those holy and sacred spaces, is where we enter the inner chamber as the beloveds of the king, the king obviously being God. And we go into the inner, inner chambers, obviously, until we come to the highest chamber of all, in the Elah of Yom Kippur. And, and there we have the opportunity to greet the king. And in that space, we see the king in all of his majesty. Because when you go into the palace, you know, it's one thing to see a king as he travels, you know, in his traveling cloak through the fields. It's wonderful to see, but he's not wearing, you know, the full, he doesn't have the full regalia of his majesty on him. You know, he has a, a more reduced you know, uh, get up. But at, when you when you greet the king in the inner, inner chamber, the throne room of the king, there he's on full display, in the full throne, and the and the full crown. The whole thing is there. So that represents what we experience on Yom Kippur, and Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur, where we greet the king and we're just awed and overwhelmed by his grandeur. And it's it's wonderful and it's inspiring, and we feel so grateful that we have the opportunity to greet the king. However, there's something special about greeting the king in the field. And the implication that the Alter Rebbe makes in the metaphor is that El represents the time where we can greet God in the field. It's, it's less intense because there's no holiday, there's no mitzvah of shofar, there's no mitzvah of fasting and praying five Shemona Esrei's with Hachets and all the different components. We're not screaming out, Hashem Hu HaElokim, God is the Lord, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Achad. We're not, we're not kind of joined in that kind of intense fervor that comes along with the Avoda of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But rather we're greeting God, we're hearing the shofar once a day, perhaps in shul, we're saying the Ladavat Hashem Ori, where we feel the intensity of the Chagim coming, the year, the summer is closing and the new year is starting and we're starting to feel the intensity a new year has come, a new year has come and yet, you know, we gotta go to work every day, we have to drive down the Bell Parkway or down the uh, interstate or the New Jersey Turnpike, or whatever it is, or Kfishachad, or, you know, wherever you are. So, so you know, just with the normal stuff, with the traffic and the beeping and the, you know, the people that are less polite in their driving style, all those different things. I don't know why I'm thinking about driving, but all, all the different things that come along with life, our bosses, our employees, our bills, you know, we're, we're living life, and yet there's a certain energy that happens in El. There's a certain calling that occurs. And the Alter Rebbe explains that this is like the king marching through the field, showing us, greeting us warmly, and showing us a joyous countenance. So the question that, that the Rebbe asks, which is very remarkable, is that if the king greets the people in the field, where were they before the field. And the implication, based on the teachings of Chabad, is that the people are coming, they're coming to the field from the desert. For they enter the field, the field being the countryside of the country, of whatever land they're in. And before they're in the countryside, where are they? They're in the desert. The desert is that space of hopelessness, that place of despair, the place of being overwhelmed, the place where the water, the, the richness of life has been drained. And we enter, we can't enter from the, into, the, into the capital city and definitely not into the inner chamber of the king, but we come from the field, we come from the, from the midbar, from the desert, and we enter the field. And it is in the field that we have the opportunity to encounter the king 
as he travels on his way to the inner chamber. So Elul represents that time that we come out of the barren desert into the field and prepare ourselves to enter the palace. So if we really want to understand the metaphor, though, what we really have to encounter and understand is, is what is so special about meeting the king in the field? Is meeting the king in the field only a prerequisite to meeting him in the inner chamber? Or is there perhaps something special about meeting the king in the field itself? Meaning, is there some kind of advantage to Elul over Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? Is Elul is the time of Elul? Or perhaps if we wanted to frame this back to like our ongoing regular relationships, are the preparatory steps we take to encounter a relationship or the, the, run, the normal run-in-the-mill things that we do in a relationship preparing for the most romantic and intimate moments, just that, preparatory phases, means to an end? Or is there value in the means themselves? Is there value in Elul itself? What is... I guess, the Alter Rebbe trying to reveal in the metaphor that explains to us the meaningfulness of Elul and what is the meaningfulness in general of the parts of relationships that we oftentimes take for granted. So in order to explain this, the teachings of Hasidus draw us back to the awareness that Elul is anila doidi vidaydili. But really, as the teachings of Chabad explain, if you look in Chazal, when it says Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li is referencing this time of year, what it says is that Ani Lidodi, I am to my beloved, refers to El, and it's the effort that we make to come close to God. Vidodi Li refers to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, when God gives us the mitzvos and creates a certain intensity, meaning that the experience that we have in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is not a direct outcome of the work that we do, but rather the preparatory work that we do, listening to the shofar and going to shul and fasting on Yom Kippur and all the preparatory steps that we take in Esar Yom Tshuva open us up and create a vessel for this powerful energy to come into our lives, which anybody who's experienced kind of an intense Yom Kippur you know, for sure, I'm just going to reference Yom Kippur because there's nothing like, you know, a, a good Yom Kippur where you come to Ni'ila for anyone who's experienced it and you're with the congregation and you've been there all day and you know it's almost over and yet there's a part of you that wishes you could never leave and you're just calling out Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Achad, Hashem Hu Elokim, Hashem Hu Elokim, it's... it's remarkable, it's overwhelming, you get goosebumps kind of thinking about it. So those goosebumps are not the result of the work that we put in, but rather they're a gift. They're something that God does for us, the vidodili, that God comes to us, we prepare ourselves, and God comes to us. So El is Ani Lidodi, and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is vidodili. However, if you think about it, as the Rebbe points out, Elul itself is Ani Lidodi vidodili, right? It doesn't, it's, El is not just Ani Lidodi, but rather... El is Anila Dodi and Vidodili. And yet, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is Vidodili. So the question that he poses, and what we want to think about, and reflecting back to this idea about the kind of everyday normalcy of relationships, how is El Anila Dodi Vidodili? Right? What's the Vidodili component of our relationship with God? In the Anilidodi Vidodili of El, how is that reflected in the metaphor of the Alter Rebbe, and how does that relate to our relationships, and particularly the aspect of our relationships that we oftentimes take for granted? So the, the Rebbe does an interesting thing in a particular mimer 
that I saw from Tavshin Chaf Vav. He says that the aspect of our relationship with God that is Vidodi Li, that we find in El, is reflected particularly in the component of the parable that's Maralahem Panem Seichais, which is that the king, when he's in the field, not only greets them warmly, but he shows them a joyous countenance, meaning it's obvious to everyone who greets him that he's happy to see them. He's actually happy to see them. He's not just like being nice to them, right? Like a nice leader, he goes around, he kisses a, you know, a politician, he kisses the babies, he greets, he smiles, he waves. And, you know, we believe that he's happy to see us, but he doesn't greet us in the same way as let's say a grandfather greets their grandson, right? He's, he, could, he might be happy to see us, but he's not greeting us that way. Whereas the king, God, in El, is Maralahem Panem Seichkos. He greets them with a joyous countenance. He's happy for us to be here. He's as joyous as a grandfather greeting his grandson after a long period of time, as opposed to a king who happens to run into a subject who he's happy to show a warm countenance because he's He's his subject, but is not his grandson. So the part of the metaphor that the Alter Rebbe is trying to make clear is that when we think about Elul, when we think about what we're experiencing in Elul, which is the Anila Dodi Vidodili, the Vidodili component is the fact that we make the effort to emerge from the darkness of the desert, and that when we do that, God not only reciprocates with a sense of goodness. But rather, there's a certain faith that the Alter Rebbe is inviting us into, and all of Pneumius Torah, as expressed through that lens, to have the faith that God not only greets us warmly, but is incredibly happy to see us. He's not just being nice. He's truly happy. And this is inherently the value of El, and this is what we have to focus on that even though it's really a time of anila dodi, meaning that the motivation to move into the relationship is primarily with us, and that primarily the intensity of the reflection back in the relationship really comes only later on in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but rather there also is a more subtle reflection that occurs from the other side that's very subtle and very small and slight, but really if we're looking for it, we can notice that the other actually wants us to be there. And this is a key in the Avoda of El, and this is the Vidodili of El. It's not that it's not that we experience a reflection back that's intense, but rather that we experience a subtle reflection that we have to make the effort to take notice of. And what this really touches on is the way in which in a relationship, in order for us to appreciate that the relationship is the most important thing, we have to be willing to see the subtlety of the reflections that we receive from our spouses. Now, this is not to devalue the holiness and intensity, the intimacy and connection and the forgiveness and healing of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, nor is it devaluing the intimacy that occurs in any relationship in the intensity of a moment of shared connection or forgiveness or healing. But rather, what it's revealing in a very powerful way is that before you can get to that place in a relationship where you really begin to experience in earnest those intense moments 
of intimacy and connection, you have to realize that the relationship itself is valuable. The fact that we are in it, even though sometimes we are just in the field, and sometimes we are even only just coming out of the desert, is the most important part. The smile and awareness that communicates that we realize how fortunate we are to be connected and to be in relationship with another no matter what happens. Now, in order for us to connect with this point, we have to let go in a relationship of experiencing that intimacy and intensity. We have to let go of the anticipatory expectation that says, I'm going to make a move towards that one I love, and then they are going to return that move with a full-on embrace. And not only that, but an absolute reciprocal energy back. But rather, I am going to make a move towards the relationship with an awareness that maybe the one I'm with is not ready to return with an intensity, but rather I'm going to notice, for example, that they receive my advances gracefully, maybe even eagerly. They haven't yet even reciprocated, but rather they're open to the relationship. This is the beginning of the relationship. It's where, and it's interesting because really what it reflects is that the beginning of the vidodili of a relationship, meaning the beginning of the reciprocity of a relationship, is the willingness I have to unearth a reciprocity that has not yet been fully expressed. That oftentimes I make an advance in a relationship, I make an effort, let's say, to move towards somebody. And particularly when we're coming out of a place of darkness or disagreement or discord. And I make a move to try to generate healing. And oftentimes the other doesn't respond right away with the same level of, uh, of eagerness. And sometimes what happens in those relationships is I tend to, I tend to in that moment retreat, to run away, to, to, to get sour and to be frustrated. Why are they not greeting me? Why are they not accepting my forgiveness? Why are they not as happy as I am to make amends? And yet, if I do that, I ruin the moment. I ruin the chance for further connection. And that truthfully, the first level of reciprocity in relationship, the true aniludodi vidodili that occurs, that reflects in El, is that ability to see that they are receiving from me will, willingly what I am putting forward. That's all that they're doing is their willingness to receive. And that, that fact that I'm in a relationship with someone who's willing to receive my love, my amends, in and of itself is the beginning of the reciprocity that is a beautiful relationship. Now, clearly, obviously, and completely, you can't be in a relationship where the, the, the giving is only on one side, where the efforts are only made it one way. That is a very destructive relationship, a codependent relationship, where only one side is moving toward the other. However, in a relationship, when a person's in a relationship and they are only able to engage when the other person is able to engage in that frame, then the relationship is not what's of value. It's what I get out of the relationship. But when I'm in the relationship in such a way that I'm willing to lean in, 
not only without the reciprocity of the other, but rather to see the other's willingness to receive as the first layer. That in and of itself is a reflection that to me, the relationship, the connection is the most important thing. And what happens in that frame, particularly when we're in a moment of discord or disconnection, or just when things have gone dry, it opens the door for the other side to then make their move, the Dodili Va'anilo of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And then intimacy and connection can occur. But all of that is only possible when we realize that the relationship itself, the opportunity to be in relation itself, is of beautiful value. That's where we come out of the desert and enter the field and greet the king in the field. And he's so happy to see us. He greets us with a warm countenance that if we weren't looking for, we wouldn't notice. We would just think, okay, whatever. He's just like every other politician. But when we take notice and we take a look, we see that, you know what, that's not true. He's not just like every other politician. He greets me, he receives me like he receives his grandson. And that requires a faith and a trust in ourselves and in our relationship. And that is what we're being invited to in this time of year. That's the L, the L to take that wild leap of faith, a step towards God to say, it's true, I've made mistakes this year. And some things have happened to me that I wish didn't happen, meaning there's an amends the other way that's necessary. And I'm going to take a step towards the relationship because more important than anything else is the relationship. More important whether God is going to move towards me or not is the fact that we have a relationship and what occurs. And the promise of this whole thing is that there's a reciprocal energy that occurs and the anila dodi becomes vidodi li vanilo. That is only possible when we start with the anila dodi, vidodi li, when we, when we step out from the, from the desert and step into the field and meet God where he's at and allow him to meet us where we are. Then we begin the process toward a meaningful connection. So that's the first idea I wanted to share with you. I hope to follow up with three more to try to help us get ready for Rosh Hashanah and Kippur to face this time of year of El and to see how those ideas reflect on our relationships, to see how can they enrich both our relationships with ourselves, with God, and with others. Thank you for joining the Consciously family. Consciously is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Consciously is made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family in memory of Tepora Bas Ravaron. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our audio engineer is Alps, and our artwork is by Tani Puzz. Our social media team is led by Tehil Nassanian with help from Zoe Poznanski. The assistant to the regional co-host is Shmaya Hanekman, and our music is by Eitan Katz featuring Zush. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please feel free to email us at consciouslythepodcast at gmail.com or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Light Review.